0: this is dear orlando ludbetter of the atlanta journal constitution here with the 219th episode of the bowtie chronicles podcast everything you need to know about the atlanta falcons we're going to title this one falcons at vikings in the disappointment skull bowl yeah just watched the video on the vikings cheer uh, they go scold. They stole it from the Iceland soccer team, but frightening cheer, so won't be folks in the house to do it, but uh, that's always one of my favorite stadiums to go. I used to go there every year, and uh, they used to get after it in Minnesota, man. I saw Warren Moon. I was there night Randy Moss got loose on Tyrone Williams against the Packers uh, his rookie season, uh, but yeah. They, uh, they played some good football. Haven't been in good trips for the Falcons lately. They uh, have lost the last four games in this series that the Vikings lead 19-10. This will be the 30th meeting of the two teams. So we got some notes here on the Vikings. Uh, we got the, uh, we're going to slide in some of the player notes from the Carolina game on the Falcons since we didn't get to do that uh, after the game with the firings and so forth. And we did a, a more of a... Um, you know, look at the uh, coaching candidates list. So, and we're going to hear from Coach Raheem Morris, the interim head coach of the Falcons. Big thing in it with the Vikings is Dalvin Cook. He's got a groin injury. It's not serious, but word out of there is that, um, you know, Falcons 0-5, no sense of rolling them out against them. And, uh, hey, the bye weeks after this, so, hey, might as well uh, roll with Alexander Madison. So, Madison. So, uh, don't expect to see Cook with the groin injury. Not serious, but might as well give him a couple of weeks of, of rest. Now, Zimmer is a 4-0 against Atlanta. Coach Mike Zimmer, former defensive coordinator here in Atlanta in 07 on the Bobby Petrino staff. He's taking some heat up there. They're off to a 1-4 and start. Falcons 0-5. That's why we're calling it the Disappointment Skull Bowl. Both of these teams are disappointed this year. They were you know, expected to be playoff contenders. But that's going to um, probably not happen. So Zimmer, Zimmer Mike, is uh 4-0. Uh, he had a big fourth down gamble. We'll break it down. Well, I got it right here. They uh, they go for it on fourth and one at the 6, get stuffed. You know, they're trying to close out the game. They got a 5-point lead. I mean, they could have kicked the field goal to go up 8. You know, at the very least, they're looking at overtime. But Coach Mike decides to try to close out the game. It backfires. Seattle drives 94 yards for the winning touchdown. Russell Wilson lit up his rookie cornerbacks. Maybe that's what it was. He was trying to protect them. Uh, But it didn't work out for him. So uh, he's in his seventh season up there and, uh, you know, pretty well liked. But uh, 1-4. and Will get you fired in a lot of places. 0-5 got you fired in Atlanta. 0-4 got you fired in Houston. So, a couple things on the Vikings before we move to Coach Raheem. Uh, Right guard Drew Samia. He's rated last. 75th in the league. by pro football Focus. Had three holding penalties against Seattle. So, the uh, Falcons want to get after him. He's the right guard. So, uh, you will see a lot of Grady Jarrett, probably. Uh, Pat line is out with a thumb injury, and that's why he's playing. But uh, also, the rookie corners, Cameron Dansler and Jeff Gladney. Gladney's out of TCU. And uh, uh, he started outside but went inside when Mike Hughes came off the bench. And we, uh, we got the stats for Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and the whole crew. Uh, we'll get to that. After we hear from Coach Raheem Morris. Also, I just want to give a shout out to our guy Lorenzo Carter. New York Giants defensive end. uh, Out for the season with Achilles. Uh, Used to go see him play in high school at Norcross. Uh, So, hey, Lorenzo, get well out there. Take care of that Achilles and get back out on the field as fast as you can. Hey, let's go to Coach Morris. We talked today about 15 minutes. He was in a Sounded good, gave us a pretty accurate uh, depiction of what's going on in the building. Uh, said it was in disarray, and that's understandable. And, uh, but he wasn't giving up any lineup changes or uh, information, so we'll have just have to show up uh, at the game on Sunday and see. That's what Mike Malachi used to always tell me. Well, come to the game on Sunday, D. I said, well, I plan on being there. So uh, nothing on the lineup changes. He can't go with the same. He's got to change something. Got to do something different. You're in five. It's time to experiment. I want to see Chris Rowland brought up. I want to see the kid from Tennessee State brought up. Let him return some kicks and punts. Cause uh, Brandon Powell, he's getting better, but he doesn't. He's uh, uh, I don't. He doesn't track free. I don't think in the other units. But hey, let's get to coach. Morris here. Yeah, Coach, what do you have to do? What are the three things you have to do to jumpstart the team and get them moving in a winning direction? You know, I'm so tied into this team, both offensively, defensively, um, especially teams-wise, that I got such a a good rapport with all the guys on the team that the first thing you got to do is connect your leaders. Um, The next thing you got to do is connect your organization. Um, Our scouting department, our coaching staff, our ownership and all those people we've been doing the last couple of days connecting those units in order to go out and win and find a way to win and find the best way to win. You know, right now we got a lot of people in disarray, you know, both on the personnel side, both on the coaching side, and everybody's trying to figure out what to do and how we are going to do it next. So my number one job right now is to get all tied together and find out how to go win this next game, D. Um, And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to go out and find a way to get this next game won. We gotta focus on our energy on that and go back to those things and those details. That's what we gotta do. And uh, any lineup changes and uh, what did D'Angelo Hall meant when uh, he told me uh, he you always told him about gunfighters get shot. <laughs> you know when you uh, go out and play this game that we play um, and you give everything that you got and you put your all into it every single week and you go out there as a player or a coach or a owner or a general manager, whatever you look at it, uh, you're going to lose some games. There are going to be some things that happen that don't go your way. Um, And when you're a really good gunfighter, you get shot. And when you go out there and you shoot your gun and you do the best job you can do every single time, there are times you're not going to win. And uh, we used to talk about that all the time in our room as a defensive back crew. And uh, D'Angelo Hall hadn't forgot that, and he takes that mentality in everything he does. Thank you. Coach Raheem Morris talking about the (laughs) gunfighters they uh he said hey they gotta step on people's throats they have to uh impose their will upon the opponent i like that kind of talk so we'll see if they can do it um you know matt's gotta get sharper i don't know i got a theory uh and i gotta go look at some film i probably need to run about a couple more people here but uh Looks like to me he might be starting to get a little jumpy from too many hits. He's not getting hit a lot this year, but the 135 hits last year, because, uh, you know, the ball's not coming out on time. or uh, He's not as accurate as he's been in the past. Um, we we'll talk to him tomorrow. I'm gonna ask him about it. I don't, I'm figure out how to, you know, professional way to ask him about that. But let's do the player notes here real quick because we didn't get to do that after the Carolina loss. Had so much else, other stuff going on. Uh, wasn't a great, a lot of good notes. The only high, well, highlight was Gurley going for 121 with the 35 touchdown yard run. It's the first um. 100 yard game since Brian Hill at the end of the 2018 season. Uh Calvin really had 136 yards receiving. That was quiet. Becoming the first player in franchise history with at least 100 receiving yards in four of the first five games of the season. He also had a zero in Green Bay. Ridley now has 29 receptions for 485 four receiving touchdowns in 2020. Fourier Ulican came back and had 14 tackles. What was his second game back? 14 tackles and one tackle for loss. Uh, Young Wei Koo made all three of his field goal attempts, including a career-long 54-yarder. He had, uh, after missed last week's game due to injury, he's 11 of 12 on field goals this season, and is tied for third-best field goal percentage, 91.7. In the NFL with at least 10 field goal attempts. Sterling Hoffrichter punted three t- You know it's bad when we're getting the punters and the uh, kickers in the uh, highlight notes. But, hey, but, uh, Hoffrichter punted three times for 46.3 uh, average, including two inside the twenty. So those were the, the the key notes here. Matt Ryan, 21-37, 226, including one interception, a, a 63.6 pass rate. He has not had a touchdown pass since the first quarter of the Chicago game. That's 11 quarters without a touchdown pass. Of course, the last four quarters without Julio Jones. Uh, and we'll get updates on him tomorrow also. When uh, we don't talk to the coach before practice tomorrow. They're, they're not. We're supposed to get the coach four times a week. I don't know how we let them get out of this. They're supposed to give us assistant coaches again. Uh, when we get the new coach in, we're going to have to revisit the uh, following of the the, uh, the NFL media rules. Because, uh, uh, you know, they're stretching them. Not in our favor of the fans. Uh we should get the coach after practice. We don't need him before. Jeez. But hey, enough of my rants on that. Let's keep it moving. We're gonna go over here um and finish up our notes on the Minnesota Vikings. Fourth and one. Seattle six with a five point lead. Who? Seattle went on a game winning ninety-five yard ninety-four yard drive. Um hey, our announcers this week for Fox are Brandon Gowden, uh Daryl Johnson. Color and uh, Pam Oliver, Faye Muse finest. She'll be doing the color reporting on the sidelines. Let's do some Minnesota um, stats here. Kirk Cousins, I got him for 80, 89 of 139, 1,132 yards, 8 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 87.6. Passer rating. So Matt just got to get get back hot some kind of way. Um, Delvin Cooks 92 carries, 489, 5.3 per carry, seven touchdowns. Don't expect to see him. They're not even trying to play him against the Falcons. That's disrespect. Alexander Madison 44 for 219, five a carry and one. Uh, Adam Thielen, a fine wide receiver. 29 for 364, 12.6 per catch, and six touchdowns. And the rookie, and I'm mad. I had him in the fantasy league, then I had to move him around. And I was going to go back and get him, and then I lost him. But uh, Justin Jefferson, 19 for 371 out of LSU, 19.5, and one touchdown. So, they got some weapons. Uh, the defense isn't as stout. That secondary suspect. The safeties are good still. Uh, Harris, you know, showed out last year up there. And then Harrison Smith is good. Uh, they don't have Anthony Barr. So, that's good. Um, Everson Griffith's gone. They don't have the pass rushers. They got the Yannick Nigga Wah. I don't even have his last name right. Uh, Nagawa, I think is how you say it. But Yannick from Jacksonville. But, you know, they're not doing anything. So that's why they're 4-1. Let's look at the numbers here. We're going to wrap it up and get on out of here. For the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Okay, uh, just looking at the Falcons' offense against Minnesota's defense. They should have a big advantage. The Falcons are... uh, 276 passing yards a game, that's eighth. And the uh, Vikings are are giving up 271.4, that's 26. So, that's a good defense for Matt to bounce back against. The Falcons are averaging um, 24.4 points, uh, 20th in the league, 390.6 yards, which is 12th in the league. Uh, Russian one fourteen point six, which is seventeenth in the league, and then two seventy six passing eighth in the league. So they're close to being in the top sixteen and everything. That's what you want to be half above the half mark. Uh, but a lot of the, we know a lot of those yards have been empty yards, or you know get down the red zone and stall um, like they did last week. So, but the Vikings defense and the Falcons defenses have been pretty bad consistently through five. Uh, the Vikings have given up 30.4 points a game, 427th in the league, tied 404 uh, total yards, point four hundred four point zero twenty sixth 26th in the league. Uh, Pass rushing yards, uh, 132.6, which is 24th. So, Gurley Mike can go for back to back 100. Uh, Passing yards, 271.426. So, they're 27, 26, 24, 26. Bottom quarter of the league. Falcons are 20, 12, 17, 8. Mostly uh, top half, middle of the league. So, middle of the league. Offense against the bottom of of the league. Defense advantage, Atlanta. Okay. Minnesota. Minnesota's offense, 26.4 points, 376 yards, 300, well, go back, 26.4 points, 15th in the league, 376 uh, yards, game 17th in the league, 160.6 rushing, 4th in the league. Uh, that's without, well, if Cook doesn't play, that that will be down. Uh Passing two hundred and fifteen point five, Kirk Cousins, twenty-fifth in the league. So you got the fifth rated, well I don't know about the fifth rated pass offense going against the eighth. So that's a big advantage, Atlanta. So the the Falcons defense, of course, the numbers not good. Thirty-two point two points a game, tied for thirtieth, four hundred and forty-six yards, thirty-first, one hundred and ten point two yards, fourteen. And uh three hundred and thirty-five point eight thirty one yards. So that, that rushing yards look looks good, fourteen, but they don't have to run because they can get so much in the pass game. So that's why the run defense looks pretty good. Um that's my theory. So let's uh um, got Minnesota's offense is fifteenth, seventeenth, fourth, and twenty-fifth. Fourth against the run. So they're run heavy. The Falcons are 31st, 31, 14, and 31. So you got the fourth best run offense against the fourteenth best run defense. That should what that should be, we'll call that a that's gonna be a tie. So this this is a winnable game here, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have Dalvin Cook, that's their best weapon. Uh, then you turn Kirk Cousins into a thrower, that's eight and seven. But then you gotta cover thielen and Jefferson, so and the Falcons haven't covered much, so maybe maybe not so much, but we'll see I, I I take um turning cousins into a thrower every day though, so those are the matchups, the offense against the defense so let me decide i'm I'm the Falcons pass defense is so shaky, but if I knew that Oliver wasn't playing and would be uh. Uh, you know, I would go with the Falcons defense. If they went with Bleedy Red, Nico, and Sheffield and Terrell outside, I would I would go with the Falcons um against Cousins for sure. But uh like we saw last week, the teams finding Oliver at the most crucial times. Third and five he got um DJ Moore got away from him. And uh, was on the races for 57 yards. So as long as he's playing, I can't really pick the defense right now. And he's not the only one. I don't want to single him out. But when you're giving up 400 and almost 450 yards, uh, and, and you get, you know, so some people didn't, you know, understand how Raheem got to be the uh, head coach, interim head coach when his defense was giving up 450 yards. So they got to fix that. But... Uh, so, yeah, let's, we can't go with that. So this is, is going to be a close game. I didn't even look up the point spread. I mean, you know, 0-5, 1-4, somebody's going to win it. But the other two stats, we have the uh, Falcons' time of possession, 29.08, 21st, and then uh, the Vikings, 28.57, 28.57. So not, you know, high. Whoever runs the ball wins the game. And now the Falcons got to I want to see if Raheem's going to run the ball to keep this defense off the field. Because <laughs> he knows how bad it is. Or he thinks he's going to start playing better. So maybe they will. We'll see. Uh, you know, sometimes you get a change at the top and uh, uh, the players go along with it. And, you know, whatever problems uh, were there, they uh, decide to go with it. And, uh. Uh, maybe they play a lot better and elevate their game. We'll see. The Raheem Morris, uh, when he was the head coach, he was seventeen and thirty-one, three hundred and fifty-four. He had the one good year, ten to six, didn't make it to the playoffs. He's one and oh against the Vikings. Mike Zimmer's in his seventh year in Minnesota, 58 42 and one for five, five, seven, nine winning percentage. It's two and three in the playoffs and four and o against. The Atlanta Falcons. So with that, we're gonna get on out of here from the 218th, 19th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. You can follow me on Twitter at dOrlandoAJC and bookmark our page, the Atlanta Falcons News Now, uh, on Facebook, and you can bookmark us on AJC.com and get to the Falcons page. Take care and have a great. Rest of the week. Music by DJ Magic. Hip hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal Constitution presents. Hip hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A southern hip hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.